Welcome to worship. We are so glad that you have joined us online, and we hope that you are having a wonderful day. Would you now please join us in our call to worship? God's ways are not our ways, and God's thoughts are not our thoughts. Where, where we, we do, do not see, where we cannot know, there is faith. Faith is trusting in God when we cannot understand the actions of God. It is believing the working out of God's purposes, regardless of appearances. When we cannot grasp what God is doing, there is prayer, there is worship, and there is praise. Please join us as we sing together, Great is thy faithfulness. It has more than 40 million visitors in a year. 
It hosts an amusement park and aquarium, along with a variety of restaurant stores and entertainments. A few years ago, I was excited to visit with my daughter and granddaughter the world of Barbie. It was an immersive experience. And wow, I just want to tell you, Barbie can do everything. She's really grown over the years. But I'll confess to you that it took a long time to get our bearings. I mean, we walked into the mall and we found that kiosk with the icon that said, you are here. But that was just the start. My daughter and I looked at each other and asked, but where is here? I mean, it's all well and good for someone to know the here of where you are, but until you get your bearings, a sense of direction, and a plan to get from where you are to where you need to be, well, that's all you are here. This brings us to the story of Esther. If ever there was a person who wondered where she was going and why, it was Esther. I mean, she had a, a vague sense of where she was. You, you were here in the king's court, an orphan in exile, keeping a secret. Well, let's look at Esther's story a little more closely. She was a, a third generation born in exile. That's all she'd ever known. And when her parents died, her much older cousin Mordecai took her in, raising her as his own daughter. He was a faithful worshiper of God, and he served as an official of the king. And you can read in the first chapter of Esther about the palace intrigue that left Queen Vashti ousted and King Xerxes searching for a new queen. Beautiful young women were brought from all over the kingdom, and each one chosen would become a wife. But only one would become queen. Esther was taken to the palace, but Uncle Mordecai cautioned her to keep her heritage secret. So Esther found herself, you were here. But she was different than the others who were concerned only with how they looked. Esther took her bearings. She listened to and took guidance from the one that was in charge of preparing her for the king, and she found favor. During that time, she found a sense of direction and she learned and prepared herself, not only outwardly, but inwardly. And God blessed her. Now, some have called it a beauty contest, but here's what Scripture says. It reveals the heart of the matter. When Esther was brought to the king, we read in Esther, the second chapter, verse 17, the king loved Esther more than all the other women. She won his favor and devotion so that he set the royal crown on her head and made her queen. You see, the king had been looking for love all along. Meanwhile, there was a man named Haman who becomes the king's second in command, and he insists that 
Mordecai refuses, which really annoys Haman. And he begins to see Mordecai as his enemy. So much of an enemy that he plots not only the execution of Mordecai, but of all of Mordecai's people. From India to Ethiopia, he convinces the king that the Jews are against him so that the king gives him authority to destroy all of them. It is done, and the date is set for the genocide. All of the Jewish people put on sackcloth and ashes, and Mordecai comes to the palace to send a message to his niece, asking her to go before the king to plead on behalf of her people. Esther is in a dilemma. No one can approach the king without an invitation or fear of death, and she's not been invited into the presence of the king for 30 days now. In the second chapter of Esther, we find her uncle's answer. Who knows whether you didn't come into your royal position precisely for such a time as this. Just when Esther thought she had it all figured out, she has now come to a new place, another you are here sign. She calls on all of her people to fast and pray for three days. Three days. And she and her servants are going to do the same thing because she needs to get her bearings. She needs a sense of direction as she approaches the king and a plan to get from where the people are to where she needs to move the king in order to save them. If ever there was a person who wondered how to get from here to there, it was Esther. Aren't we often in the same situation as we try to follow the will of God? Sometimes we end up in a predicament other times it's a situation that just lands in our lap and we feel disoriented. Right now, all of us are trying to navigate that sense of the unknown future during this pandemic that has just plain old landed in our laps. Things are changing quicker than we can keep up with them. We see the sign that says, you are here. And we try to find our bearings. We need a sense of direction, a plan to get from where we are to where God is leading us. Often, like Esther, we are clueless. But here's the good news. That's all right. We don't always need to know. At least not yet. One of the hard things about being a follower of Jesus is that often there's not an immediate answer. And we need to slow down and not rush in to supply God with an answer. We may not see the path ahead. Oftentimes God seems to be dealing with us on a need-to-know basis. But we need to remember that's okay. Here's what we can learn from Esther and what Esther does. First, 
we can have an attitude of openness. Be open to where God is leading you and to God's timing. Esther was continually open to God's guidance through the people God placed in her life. She immediately sought God's guidance through prayer on the direction she should go and the plan that he had for her in approaching the king. She didn't rush. She fasted. She prayed. She waited on God. God will guide us from where we are. We serve a faithful God who will give us direction and lead us if we will come with an attitude of openness to God's timing. Secondly, we must be willing to take risks. Esther determines to risk her own life and go before the king. She proclaims, if I perish, I perish. Her life is in God's hands. Unlike Haman, who's filled with pride, and everything is about him, Esther is humble, and she thinks of others. She's willing to risk her life for others. As Christians, we are called to take up our cross and follow Jesus. Now remember that when Jesus took up his cross, his cross was for us. It was our cross Jesus took up. Even so, the cross we take up, the risk we take, is for others. And finally, God intends for us to be agents of change. Esther humbly approaches the king, and she gains entrance. And he gives this official customary greeting that he will grant her request, even half the kingdom, it will be done. So she invites not once, but twice, the king and Haman to a banquet. And as the king offers at each banquet to grant her request up to half of the kingdom, she is patient and wise and follows God's lead. This is how she fights God's back. In the meantime, God is preparing the king's heart to be favorable to her request. In between the two banquets, the king can't sleep. He calls for the book of daily records to be read to him. He is reminded in the records of a man named Mordecai, a Jew, who in the past had done him a great service. He had revealed a plot to assassinate the king. So he asked the servant what was done to honor Mordecai. And the servant replies, nothing. Well, we must honor him. So the next day, Mordecai is honored, and Haman is the one who is called on to lead Mordecai through town, proclaiming his good need to all. Now we come to our scripture from the book of Esther, the seventh chapter, beginning with the first verse. So the king and Haman went to Queen Esther's banquet, and King again said to Esther at the lion banquet, Whatever your request, Queen Esther, you will be granted it. Whatever you want, up to half the kingdom, it will be done. Esther the queen answered, If I have won your favor, king, and if it pleases the king, then what I ask be given me is my own life 
and the lives of my people. For we have been sold, I and my people, to be destroyed, killed, exterminated. If we had only been sold as slaves, I would have remained quiet, since then our trouble would not have been worth the damage it would cause the king to alter the situation. Hear the humility in how she speaks. King Xerxes asked Esther the queen, who is he? Who is the man who dared to do such a thing? Esther said, a ruthless enemy. It's this wicked Haman. Haman stood aghast, terrified, before the king and queen. He exposed himself, and the Jews were saved. You see, only Esther was in a position to bring the change and God has unique, uniquely gifted you to be the change agent he needs for exactly where you are right now. When we're facing uncertainty, we can say to God, I don't know what you have in mind, but thank you for the opportunity. The disciples didn't understand when Jesus started talking about his coming death in the terrible way he would die on the cross. But Jesus said, this is how God is going to glorify the Son. He proclaims, this is how I fight my battles. I'm going to lay down my life for you. It is through my body, my blood, that I fight my battles for you. And if I lay down my life, I will take it back up. So here's the deal. We all start out at this sign. You are here. And the enemy, sin, wants to do us in. Wants to keep us forever separated from God. But Jesus came for such a time as this. God had a battle plan that nothing would be able to separate us from God's love through Jesus Christ our Lord. The plan of salvation came as Jesus sinless gave his life for the forgiveness of our sins, gained the keys of hell and death so that we could receive the gift of eternal life. Jesus is the way of salvation. So if you are here and you need to find a way there, if you are here and you need to find a way to forgiveness, to new life, Jesus will meet you here and will lead you all the way. He'll lead you all the way. He will fight the battle for you and you will find victory in Jesus. If you've never accepted Jesus and you want to do that right now, where you are, then I just want to invite you to pray with me right now. Let us pray. Jesus, I need you to fight this battle for me against my enemy because I can't do it. I am stuck here, but Lord, I need you. I need forgiveness, and I need new life. I believe you died to forgive me, and you rose again so I could have that new life. So right now, I confess my sin, and I accept you as my Savior. I claim your saving power to change me. 
Lord, you have created me and placed me here for such a time as this, and I will risk it all to follow you. Show me the path to follow. Make me patient and diligent, that I may go with you wherever you lead me. Amen.
Let us pray. O gracious God, you are our help in times of trouble, and you are the source of our greatest joy. We praise and thank you for this day, for the beauty and complexity of, of your creation, and for your blessings and presence no matter where we are. We know that your ways are not our ways, but you are working in and through us to make all things right. Forgive us for being self-centered and self-absorbed and wasting so much time in worry and fear. Help us to trust you, that you are mindful of us and your ways will prevail and our world will be made right. We find ourselves in the midst of feelings of disappointment especially for our high school and middle school students as they come to terms with the impact of this pandemic on sports, music, and many extracurricular activities. We feel that disappointment and frustration, and we pray that, that these abbreviated and postponed sports seasons will still bring enjoyment and fun and a sense of accomplishment whenever they take place. We pray for parents, coaches, school administrators, and teachers as they support one another and as they support the students in the midst of the disruptions and cancellations and ongoing changes that keep coming. We pray for all of our students and our teachers as they prepare for school and as they face many new circumstances. We pray for an end to the pandemic. We pray for the researchers who are in the process of developing effective vaccines. We pray that a vaccine and better treatments will emerge soon. Help us to see how we can respond to the needs around us as a church and still bring people the good news of Jesus Christ during this time when people need you more than ever. We lift up prayers for Karen Venter during this stay in the hospital. We pray that those who provide care for her will find the most effective means to ease her breathing. We pray for Jerry Hahn that he will continue to get better and stronger as his body heals from infection. We pray for those preparing for surgery in the coming week, and we pray they stay healthy so their surgeries can take place on time. We pray for all those on our hearts today who need your healing touch and need that assurance of your love and your presence. All these prayers we lift up to you in the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Go out to fight your battles in the name of Jesus Christ, with his love, with his power, with his grace. Amen. Thank you.